Thank you for listening to Enable This Week. Long, long ago, actually for almost all of the last seven centuries, if you could not see well, the only help available to you was in the form of eyeglasses. Then in the 1950s, contact lenses became available, and now eye surgery can be used for vision correction. This program will help you sort out the different types of corrective eye surgery. The information came from the website www.allaboutvision.com. The title is Corrective Eye Surgery Basics. The article was reviewed by Dr. Vance Thompson and updated in April of 2021. The article starts, until contact lenses were popularized in the 1950s, eyeglasses for at least the past seven centuries had been the only practical way to correct refractive vision errors. Now, several modern approaches to corrective eye surgery range from laser reshaping of the eye's surface in procedures such as LASIK and PRK to surgical insertion of artificial lenses to correct eyesight. In LASIK, PRK, and similar procedures, laser energy reshapes the curvature of the eye's clear front surface, the cornea, to alter the way light rays enter the eye. Artificial lenses surgically inserted into the eye can also refocus light rays to sharpen vision. The evolution of corrective eye surgery is the next section. Over the past 25 years, surgical techniques, tools, and procedures for vision correction have evolved rapidly. First topic they discuss is the radial keratotomy, or RK. RK was used in the United States primarily during the 1980s. This involves a cutting spoke-like incisions to flatten the eye's surface, mainly to correct nearsightedness. But results, especially long-term, created problems for some individuals, significant glare, regression, fluctuating vision, and other side effects such as night vision problems were common in patients who had RK, for higher prescription strengths, while such side effects were less frequent in patients with lower prescriptions. RK, which is radiokeratotomy, is now virtually obsolete as a primary vision correction procedure for these reasons and because of advances in laser vision correction procedures. And once again, that was RK, radiokeratotomy. Moving on to photorefractive keratectomy. This is abbreviated PRK. PRK was the first successful laser correction procedure used to remove, or they call it ablate tissue, directly from the eye surface to change the curvature of the cornea. PRK, also known as service ablation, was performed outside of the United States during the 1980s. It received FDA approval in 1995. PRK is still commonly used, but LASIK, which we'll talk about soon, LASIK is by far the most popular laser procedure today. And I'll tell you right now, there is LASIK, L-A-S-I-K, and there's another procedure called LASIK, L-A-S-E-K. I'll try to pronounce them differently so you know the different initials. Back to the article now. 
However, PRK has made somewhat of a comeback in recent years because of studies indicating that PRK and LASIK produce similar outcomes. Also, nerve regeneration in the eye surface appears to take place faster with PRK than with LASIK following a procedure, which could have implications for reducing dry eye and other complications that might occur until the healing process is complete. Now, because PRK is a surface procedure, there also is no risk of surgical flap complications. PRK does not involve creating a thin hinged flap on the eye surface as occurs with LASIK. PRK also appears to be a safer procedure in cases when a person's cornea may be too thin for LASIK surgery. Recent technological advances have given eye surgeons better methods of creating thinner flaps in a predictable way, meaning that people with thin corneas now might be candidates for a LASIK procedure. However, you probably should consider a different type of vision correction procedure if you have a thin cornea and a high degree of myopia that would require extra ablation to reshape the eye. LASIK's main advantage over PRK is that there is little or no discomfort immediately after the procedure, and vision is usually clear within hours rather than days. Different forms of LASIK exist, many that depend on how the flap is created. Now here we go, the difference between LASIK, S-I-K, and LASIK, S-E-K. The first one, LASIK, S-E-K. LASIK involves creating an ultra-thin hinged flap in the thin outer covering, also called the epithelium of the eye, and floating it away from the eye surface with alcohol so that laser reshaping of the eye can occur. Epilasic, S-I-K, is like LASIK, except that a special cutting tool is used to lift the flap. This was epilasic. Next, we come to bladeless LASIK. This eliminates the need to use a bladed instrument, which is a microkeratome, in LASIK surgery. Instead, what they call a femtosecond laser is used to create the corneal flap prior to reshaping, reshaping the cornea with an eczema laser. Other names, including brand names, for the bladeless LASIK include blade-free LASIK, all-laser LASIK, femto-LASIK, intralase LASIK, intralasic, iLASIK, Visumax, and Z-LASIK. These are all spelled L-A-S-I-K. Next, we come to something called wavefront LASIK, or PRK. This is also known as wavefront guided or wavefront assisted LASIK slash PRK. This incorporates ultra-modern analysis known as wavefront. It's all one word, wavefront, to measure precisely how light travels through the eye. Please note I will have lots more about wavefront LASIK in just a few minutes. Moving on, next item is conductive keratoplasty. This is near vision CK and it uses a tiny probe and low heat radio waves to apply spots around the periphery of the eye's clear front surface. This relatively non-invasive method steepens the cornea to provide near vision correction for people who are far-sighted. 
CK also can be used to correct presbyopia or enhance near vision for people who have had LASIK or cataract surgery. CK received initial FDA approval in 2002. And once again, CK stands for conductive keratoplasty. The next, implantable lenses. These are made by Vision ICL or Very IC. Similar to contact lenses, implantable lenses first received FDA approval in 2004. These surgically implanted lenses primarily are considered appropriate for higher levels of nearsightedness. When implantable lenses are used, your eye's natural lens is left in place. Both of these lenses have a long track record of use, including more than 15 years in Europe. These are implantable lenses. Next, we come to refractive lens exchange. RLE is another non-laser internal eye procedure. RLE is much like cataract surgery, but instead of removing the eye's natural lens that has grown cloudy due to cataract formation, RLE involves removing a clear natural lens and replacing it with an artificial lens of a different shape, usually to reduce or eliminate high degrees of farsightedness. This is refractive lens exchange. RLE also might be considered an option for correcting other types of vision problems, such as nearsightedness. But RLE has a higher risk of complications compared with other vision correction procedures. For these reasons, RLE, or refractive lens exchange, typically is used only in cases of severe vision correction needs. Next, we come to cataract surgery. This can also now be considered a vision correction procedure. New lens implants developed for cataract surgery can partially restore a person's near vision in addition to correcting nearsightedness and farsightedness. These lenses are called multifocal IOLs, multifocal IOLs, intraocular lenses or they're also called accommodating IOLs, and they're currently being used by many cataract surgeons with promising results. Next, there's something called TORIC IOLs, T-O-R-I-C. TORIC IOLs correct astigmatism that can be used during cataract surgery to further reduce the need for eyeglasses after cataracts are removed. While Medicare and health insurance will cover basic costs of cataract surgery, you can elect to pay out-of-pocket for the extra costs of these more modern lenses that potentially can restore a full range of vision. This is why cataract surgery now also can be viewed as a refractive surgery procedure, but only when you opt to pay extra for full vision correction. Next, the question is asked, which corrective eye surgery procedure is right for you? Because our eyes change as we age, the type of laser eye surgery or other vision correction we need also may change. Certain approaches to LASIK or other procedures that work well for younger adults, for example, may be inappropriate for older individuals. In some cases, vision correction surgery may be ruled out entirely. Children under the age of 18 rarely would be considered candidates for laser vision correction because their eyes change too rapidly as their bodies grow and mature. Also, some people have certain conditions or diseases that would make them poor candidates for certain vision correction procedures and better candidates for other procedures. 
Next, I have two examples. If you have diabetes or other diseases that affect wound healing, you might be a better candidate for PRK or LASIK, S-E-K, rather than certain types of LASIK, S-I-K. If you have uncontrolled glaucoma, you likely would not qualify for LASIK or other certain procedures, L-A-S-I-K. Keep in mind that generally anyone who is pregnant should not undergo any form of elected vision surgery because hormonal changes might affect the treatment's accuracy. Lifestyle also can make a big difference in the type of vision correction you need. A seamstress requires keen near vision. Computer users need good vision at intermediate ranges, and a pilot needs to preserve depth perception to make good spatially oriented judgments while flying. Generally speaking, however, people in their 20s or 30s with mild to moderate farsightedness, nearsightedness, and or astigmatism are usually excellent candidates for LASIK, PRK, the Vizian ICL, and other laser vision correction. The next section is called Severe Vision Errors and Corrective Eye Surgery for Older People. If you are 40 or older or have severe vision problems, you may want to discuss these options with your eye surgeon. First of all, the one is called monovision. With this approach, LASIK, S-I-K, may be used to correct one eye for distance vision and the other eye for near vision as a solution for presbyopia, a focusing problem that affects all people beginning at around the age of 40. However, some people cannot adjust to monovision. You might first consider wearing contact lenses providing monovision or trying it out with trial lenses in your doctor's office to make sure this approach works for you. CK also provides a type of monovision, but with a more full range of vision in the corrected eye. And once again, monovision corrects one eye for distance vision and the other eye for near vision. Next, we come to something called multifocal or accommodating IOLs. This stands for intraocular lenses. If you choose this type of lens for a refractive lens exchange or cataract surgery, your eye's natural lens will be replaced permanently. These artificial lenses potentially can restore a full range of vision, but can also produce side effects such as decreased depth perception or night vision problems in the form of halos or glare. Also, you may still need to wear eyeglasses or contact lenses or even have a laser touch-up because it's possible the lenses will fall short of restoring a full range of vision. So be sure to discuss the pros and the cons of these new lenses with your eye surgeon. And this once again, multifocal or accommodating intraocular lenses. The third suggestion, if you're an um, older person, vision correction for severe nearsightedness or farsightedness. They mentioned LASIK, S-I-K, P-R-K, and other laser vision correction procedures do have their limitations and may not be the best option for you if you have severe nearsightedness or farsightedness. Some eye surgeons consider implantable lenses like the Vizian ICL and the Veris Eye the best option for extreme nearsightedness. 
refractive lens exchange in which the eye's natural lens is replaced with an artificial one is a possible option for extreme farsightedness. And particularly if you are older than 40, you also might need to consider multiple vision correction solutions to achieve the very best possible vision for your age and lifestyle. For instance, you might choose LASIK or PRK in your 30s to correct distance vision. Then when you reach your mid-40s and your near vision is affected by presbyopia, you might follow up with an enhancement using conductive keratoplasty. And this is called CK. And with CK in one eye, you may be able to sharpen the near vision blurriness caused by the age-related condition of presbyopia. Most eye surgeons will tell you it's unlikely that any vision correction procedure can give you a permanent optimal vision for a lifetime. Just as you probably needed to change out your eyeglasses or your contact lenses in the past, you very likely will need a LASIK enhancement or other surgical correction as you grow older to maintain your good vision. Also, keep in mind that all vision correction procedures usually have a slight risk of side effects that can range from mild to severe. So be sure you discuss all options and potential risks in detail with your eye surgeon or your eye care provider before making any final choices. I mentioned earlier that we were going to go back and learn lots more about Wavefront LASIK. That's what we'll do right now with information still coming from the website All About Vision. It's a question and answer session. It's called, Is Custom LASIK Right for You? This is also called Wavefront LASIK, and that's spelled L-A-S-I-K. This section was updated in January of 2021. The article starts, As a former Top Gun F-14 Tomcat fighter pilot and military eye surgeon, retired U.S. Navy Captain Dr. Stephen C. Shalhorn has a unique perspective on custom wavefront LASIK. Dr. Shalhorn is an ophthalmologist particularly interested in keen vision for fighter pilots. He established a refractive eye surgery program at San Diego's Naval Medical Center and was the first U.S. Department of Defense eye surgeon to perform PRK, LASIK, and phacic IOL procedures. Until his retirement in 2007, Dr. Shalhorn also directed and oversaw expansion of the U.S. Navy's refractive eye surgery program to many other locations. Now he's in private practice in San Diego. Dr. Shalhorn is the medical director for Optical Express, and in 2016, Carl Zeiss Meditech appointed him chief medical officer for global ophthalmic devices. He is a frequent speaker at conferences where the world's leading eye surgeons discuss refractive surgery procedures such as LASIK. Question. Dr. Shellhorn, could you define wavefront guided or custom LASIK? The answer, a wavefront guided procedure is a treatment based on all of the eye's optical aberrations. These aberrations are measured with a sophisticated device called an aberrometer, which essentially takes a fingerprint of the eye. This unique fingerprint is then used to correct vision in an equally sophisticated computer-controlled laser. 
The next question for Dr. Schellhorn, what is the difference between wave front guided LASIK and other types, such as conventional or optimized? He answers, in simple terms, conventional or standard laser vision correction uses the prescription in a pair of eyeglasses as the basis to correct vision. It does a great job of reducing or eliminating the need to wear glasses or contact lenses. On the other hand, it can cause other types of optical aberrations, especially spherical aberration. These other optical aberrations can cause focusing problems and make objects blurry. In particular, a significant amount of spherical aberration can cause visual problems, especially at night, in the form of glare and halos around lights. The optimized LASIK procedure was designed to be spherical aberration neutral, neither creating nor reducing it. The treatment is still based on the refractive prescription in glasses, but it does not measure and cannot correct other types of optical aberrations in the eye. The wavefront guided procedure is much different than either conventional or optimized. It uses a device called an aberrometer that measures all the optical aberrations of the eye, including the refractive prescription, to correct the vision. Wavefront, just like optimized, can minimize induction of spherical aberrations, but it can also measure and treat other higher order aberrations. Wavefront LASIK is very precise and the results are better. But it's not a matter of one procedure not being adequate or good or effective. All these procedures greatly exceed established measures of safety and effectiveness. You might say that optimized LASIK was a great step forward, and wavefront guided is a further great step forward. So the question is, what is an aberration? Doctor answers, an aberration is any optical irregularity that causes images to be blurry. Common aberrations are nearsightedness and astigmatism. These can be corrected with glasses and are now termed lower order aberrations. However, as we have come to discover, there can be other types of optical aberrations in the eye that cannot be corrected with glasses. These are collectively called higher order aberrations. Prominent among them are spherical aberrations and coma. Both can result in blurry images that can be more apparent at night and cause halos around lights as well as glare and double vision. The cornea and lens can both have these aberrations. The wavefront device measures all the optical aberrations, lower and higher order, and attempts to correct them. That's the beauty of wavefront, he says. Because of the nature of those aberrations, they may be causing impairment of visual quality. Come to another question for Dr. Schallhorn. But isn't the cost of LASIK eye surgery for a conventional or optimized procedure much cheaper? If a person needs only an ordinary correction, why spend more for wavefront guided LASIK when conventional or optimized LASIK procedures give acceptable results too? And the doctor answers, there is no getting around the fact that wavefront guided LASIK uses much higher technology and is more expensive. It would be the same as saying that a computer is higher technology and more expensive 
than an abacus or a slide rule. We would all agree that a computer is well worth the extra expense, but the real advantage is more than just higher technology. Wavefront guided LASIK results in better outcomes, better visual quality, especially when it comes to vision at night or in a dark environment or when there is a high visual demand. This has been demonstrated in studies. The next question, how much more expensive is wavefront guided LASIK than other types of procedures such as the optimized version? He says it depends on the practice, but the difference usually is several hundred dollars more per eye. The next question, would anyone who qualifies for LASIK be considered a candidate for a wavefront guided procedure? He answers, some patients are not good candidates for wavefront guided laser treatment because it requires a very precise measurement with an aberometer. If the aberometer cannot make a very precise measurement of the eye, then the patient should not have wavefront guided LASIK. Examples would be if the patient had a scar on the cornea or if the patient was younger and could not relax the focusing ability enough for a precise measurement. Also, some aberometers require the pupil diameter to be large enough for a measurement. If the pupil diameter is not large enough in low light, then that person may not be a candidate. In these cases, an optimized procedure may be the best. The next question, what percentage of candidates have a wavefront guided procedure? And the answer from Dr. Shellhorn, approximately 95% of potential LASIK patients are great candidates for a wavefront guided procedure. And finally, do you have any other thoughts for someone who might want a wavefront guided or other procedure? The doctor answers, a well-performed optimized procedure and a well-performed wavefront guided procedure may have very similar results when viewing a simple eye chart. The differences between the two will be most apparent for other aspects of vision, particularly tasks that require a high visual demand, such as night driving. This is where the superior visual results of the wavefront guided procedure really shine. Published results of wavefront guided procedures have reported improved contrast sensitivity and fewer higher order apparitions compared with a standard treatment. Some examples of how this would help in more practical terms would be an improved ability to read a road sign in a fog or more easily recognizing a face in a crowd. The wavefront guided procedure results in a higher quality of vision. If someone is interested in the highest quality of vision after LASIK, and I don't know who wouldn't be, then I would recommend a wavefront guided treatment. As a powerful testimony to this, it was the superior results of wavefront guided procedures that led to the approval of LASIK for military fighter pilots and even for NASA astronauts. And here is a reminder for you. This page is designed to provide general information about vision, vision care, and vision correction. It's not intended to provide medical advice. If you have any questions, you're urged to contact your eye care professional. And once again, this information came from a website called allaboutvision.com. 
Well, there you have it, the basics of corrective eye surgery. You certainly heard a lot of abbreviations using those bold capital letters to describe the procedures. LASIK, L-A-S-I-K, LASIK, L-A-S-E-K, P-R-K, I-O-L. Sort of like an alphabet soup for eye surgery. Well, I have a quote for you to think about to end the program today. Here it comes. If we have alphabet soup, why don't we have punctuation cereal? This was said by Mary Norris, who is also known as the comma queen. She began working at the New Yorker magazine in 1978, where she was a proofreader for 24 years. She is best known for her writing about pencils and punctuation. She is the author of two books. First one, Between You and Me, Confessions of a Comma Queen. And another book, Greek to Me, Adventures of the Comma Queen. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great, comma, wonderful, comma, stupendous, comma, week.